right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Little Things Podcast. Today, our amazing, beautiful, gracious, kind, loving co-host, Rachel Hines, is not here today. She is working, filling in one of the classrooms. So while I am heartbroken to go forward without her, I'm so happy and, and excited to have an extra special guest today. We have Holly Gosner. And Holly is not a guidance counselor <laughs> at a high school here in Lincoln because that's not a thing anymore. It is not. She is a school counselor. When I, and I'm sure many people were in high school, guidance counselor was really just academic and career and college focused, but you have a totally different role um, or your way at least more focused on a lot of that social emotional health of your students. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Actually, also, I want to say this is part two of our anxiety little. <laughs> that's what we talked about last week. That's what we're going to continue talking about today. Yeah. So tell us um, how that, how you do that in your vocation as a school counselor. <laughs> so um, I meet with a lot of students about a variety of different things. And um, I always say that school counselors wear many hats because we do many different things. We are constantly code switching throughout the day. And um, so we may have our entire day set out where like, we're getting passes ready for students to talk about academics, to talk about post-secondary interests. But all of a sudden, I mean, a crisis happens and somebody is in crisis and we need to switch to social and emotional and so then I'll work with the students through that. Um, we also have fantastic social workers at North Star. And um, so we partner with them quite a bit. But um, that's a little bit more extreme. But on the daily, we um, have students that have break passes, that have anxiety. And uh, so we're constantly meeting with students um, in regards to social, social and emotional. Mm -hmm. Is a break pass just a pass? I have if I need a break. Yes. So if they need to go, there's a contract that they have to fill out. And so if they need to go to the counseling center, um, sometimes when they are triggered during class, uh, talking is very difficult um, or having all that attention on them is difficult. So they'll just hold up the break pass mm. for their teacher to see. They'll leave. Um, they'll come scan into the counseling center, stay there for 10 minutes, and then go back to class. Mm -hmm. Wow. So last week we talked about anxiety. Rachel and I just kind of shared our own personal experience with it, some of our own personal coping skills that we have, um, some scripture around it. And now we want to talk to the expert. You are like in the <laughs> thick of it every day you see this. And uh, so we just, I, we, but Rachel's not here, um, just have some questions of what anxiety looks like in youth. Um, so how about we just start with that one? What, what are, I mean, it looks different for every person, right? It truly does. Um, I honestly think that everybody has anxiety in their own way. Except apparently Scott doesn't, <laughs> which is what he told us last week. I'm like, what the heck? Yeah, um, okay. And honestly, all it is is the way our bodies react to stress. That's the best way that I can explain it to my students and to my parents to kind of 
Because as soon as they hear anxiety, they're like, oh my gosh, we're not normal. Or, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, there's something wrong with me. I'm like, no, that's not what it is. It's just how we react to a stressful situation. And so some students react mildly. So it's like mild, moderate, severe. Um, They may like start bouncing their leg a lot. Their whole body starts to move. They may start sweating. Um, It could be a variety of things. Um, Moderate might be more like the break pass where they're still kind of learning some coping strategies, uh, which we encourage during that break time is for them to work on it. Um, And then severe might look more like they're scared to come to school. So they're constantly skipping because they have social anxiety. So they just kind of hole up in their house and... And like, even I've had students in the past where they'll drive to school and they'll just sit in their car and they'll even email me sometimes and say, Miss Gonzer, I'm so sorry I got to school. I cannot get in. I cannot Mm. leave my car. And so then they'll drive back home. But I mean, it kind of just depends on the person and uh, what coping strategies that they have learned so far. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you said like a social anxiety, what, how many different kinds of anxiety are there at times? So many. Yes. <laughs> um, what is the most common do you think? And especially in youth and children? Honestly, just mild anxiety is the most common and those are your everyday. I mean, I have anxiety, mm-hmm. like time is my biggest thing. Like I cannot be late to things. Otherwise I... I get a little angry with people, Uh (laughs) let's put it that way, (laughs) where I can like snap a lot faster. My patience is very thin. And so I kind of have to go through my own coping strategies to make sure it's okay. You're going to be fine. Uh Um, So I think that is the most common one that a lot of students go through. Um, So, and I think that's why a lot of people don't think it's a thing or don't think it's an issue because... A lot of students already have some coping strategies that they use. Mm-hmm. And we all have coping Like to get to adulthood, mm-hmm. we've had to learn something. And probably some coping strategies are healthier than others. Right. right. Or more effective than others. Right. Um, what have you found to be effective with your students as far as coping mechanisms or coping skills? So um, I've couple that I personally use for myself and a couple that I teach to my students. Um, So when they come to see me, and it could be for a variety of reasons. So for example, I have a student who went through a traumatic event earlier this year and she already had anxiety. And so now it's just kind of in between that moderate to severe anxiety um, where it used to be moderate. And so we have been working quite a bit on the 54321 technique. And I have it with me because I can never remember. Um, so these are your senses. And so for me, like if I'm running late in the morning, I'll do this in my car. I'll just do it out of order because I can never remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but five, you look at five things around you. Mm-hmm. Um, I always tell my students to look at five things that make you happy. So for me, it would be like, I'm looking at the clouds, I'm looking at the sunrise, looking at amigos, like Mm -hmm. whatever makes me happy that I can see. Uh, Four are four things you can touch around you. I always encourage to try to look for different textures. Uh, Three is three things you hear. 
two is two things you can smell, and then one is one thing you can taste. And I explain it because they're so focused on their senses and looking around and looking at things that are positive and that make them happy that their heart rate slows down. Mm -hmm. And because when you are very anxious and you're triggered, your heart rate is going very fast Mm -hmm. and very rapid. And so getting it slowed down is kind of the key to um, helping them breathe Mm -hmm. a lot easier. And then the other strategy I use is called uh, square breathing. And this is a great visual. They have a lot of, they'll have like YouTube videos and other websites have it where it's just, it's simply just like showing you how to inhale, hold it, and then exhale. And it usually has really soothing music and it just kind of puts you in a really positive, calm place. And it gets your heart rate to slow down when you're so fixated on your breathing. And honestly, I use that one on my kids, Mm -hmm. even if they're really upset about something or really anxious about something. Mm -hmm. And we do it together. I never have them do them by themselves. Mm -hmm. Uh, We always do it as just me and them, whether it's my kids or my students. Mm -hmm. I love these things. And we kind of said this last week, too, because both of these strategies are totally free. Mm-hmm. They're with you no matter where you are. Absolutely. And it it like God has built us with these things. Mm-hmm. Um, like taking deep breaths is the most simple thing. And it is something we do all the time without thinking of it. Right. And it's like God gave us that way to just calm our bodies and yeah. to get focused and grounded. And yeah. Doing all of those senses, again, just how God has created us to be present and, f- like, focused in the world and mm-hmm. not caught up in space and in my brain. Right. And that's, right. Yeah. That's really cool. There are so many things when you're having a panic attack or whatever it may be, you're thinking all these, it's called negative self-talk, mm-hmm. and you're just constantly thinking about it and telling yourself like, this is so bad, you are not good enough, like, just constant self-talk, and which increases your heart rate, it increases, like, all the uh, bad things that are happening with your body, that are making you uncomfortable, and as soon as you just get that breathing down, Mm -hmm. then the positive self-talk comes back, and it's just a whole different story, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's pretty cool to see a student or my own child going from one degree to the other, Mm -hmm. just from breathing. Yeah, that is pretty incredible. Um, These are healthy coping skills. What are some of the easiest negative coping skills that you can fall into? Like, I'm going to say, for me, when I am feeling super anxious, like, I want to disassociate and just scroll on my phone or play a silly game and while that might kind of help it also does not actually right address the problem or solve a problem or yeah and sometimes that can make it worse yeah especially with social media now right um man social media just it's it's very difficult um especially in the high school level because so many of the students have social media um even in the middle schools they do Mm -hmm. even in some elementary school Mm -hmm. students Um, so you see a lot of fights happening with social media, um, 
and like just online fights online fights and that in school. come into the yeah, yeah yeah so if they're on them during the school day then mm. that can start a lot of tension uh within students oh my goodness and i've never actually thought of that but that totally yeah. makes sense yeah i just think of a teacher like a very nice teacher standing up in front of a classroom. I see these 15 <laughs> students, and this is the world and reality we're living in. Yeah. But the truth is they also have this whole other world yeah. that is social media that the teacher is completely unaware of. And mm-hmm. there's no way to be aware, yeah. you know, really. And, and our, our class sizes at North Star, we have about 2,000 students. So they're around 30, oh my 31, goodness. 32 yes. students in a classroom. So if a fight starts during that time, it is very difficult to break it up. Yes. And it's just kind of a little Terrifying. crazy. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, there's social media can really put a damper on it. And if you already have anxiety, mm-hmm. I mean, your heart rate's already going fast. And as soon as you see somebody um, saying something negative about you, something negative about somebody you love... Um, or something else that upsets you, it just makes it worse, and it could mm-hmm. send you into a full-on panic attack or mm-hmm. something of that nature. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, social media is definitely not the way to go. It doesn't help. <laughs> it does no, not. No, <laughs> it doesn't. Ugh. Um, so, as a parent um, of a little or a big um okay, my child is experiencing this anxiety. When do I, how do I know if, you know what, this is normal, we can do the breathing, we can talk them down, or this might be that moderate to severe where maybe we do need to intervene or get some help? Yeah. Um, I think a lot of it is, um, I've noticed more with the younger students, and even some older, but younger students tend to get uh, you see more behavioral problems, um, whether that's physical, verbal, whatever it may be, um, that could all be caused by their anxiety, and that's how they have taught themselves to lash out. Mm. Um, so that, I mean, that is one way that you could determine if possibly verbal um, or it physical could be, anxiety. Yeah. yeah, or I mean. Yeah, acting yeah. out in those ways. Right. And it usually you also have to look at time of day. So if these things are happening in the morning before school, mm-hmm. um, they may have anxiety about going to school. Or if it's happening before baseball practice, mm-hmm. maybe they don't actually like baseball and they don't want to go to practice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, you also have to look for patterns like that too. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, like I said earlier, students that are skipping school a lot mm-hmm. or are skipping work, or are saying they're going somewhere, but they're actually not, and they're going somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, those type of just kind of behavioral problems could be mm-hmm. a factor in it. Maybe people who have tummy aches out of nowhere mm-hmm. or consistently every day at 2 o'clock because you're anticipating yes. this class or yep. something. Or crying. Mm-hmm. Like We'll have parents call in saying that, they, their child can't stop crying, and so they call them in for the day. Mm-hmm. And and it's hard. It's It has to be very difficult as a yeah. parent just witnessing that um, and not thinking that there's anything you can really do about it other than keep them home, which doesn't help. Mm-hmm. Um, that's usually when you have to take next steps mm-hmm. to provide help for them. So what would those next steps be? 
Uh, usually a therapist if yeah. it's that bad where they mm-hmm. can't come to school. Um, if they can make it to school, I always say, if you can get it, get to school, I can help you. Mm-hmm. If you can't get to school, I can't help you other than provide resources or refer. Mm-hmm. Um, or like usually the social workers will refer them to therapists. Mm-hmm. But if they're at school, I mean, I have students that I meet with weekly, biweekly, um, we can get them hooked up with a social worker and they mm-hmm. can meet with them. Um, we also have services that come into North Star, uh, like therapists. So uh, we could get them referred to that as well, as long as we have parent or guardian mm-hmm. consent. So there are definitely next steps that you can take. You just have to be willing to reach out and get the help that they need. Mm-hmm. It would be so scary as a parent to hear those mm-hmm. and just... I'm sure helpless feeling right. as a parent. And right. I'm so glad there are those resources and yes, yes, and amazing school counselors <laughs> that will listen and love and encourage and yes, point people to resources. Absolutely. Yeah? Um, okay, another question: How do you talk to your child about anxiety? I think especially. Um, well, even you can talk how you talk to your children about it mm-hmm. of, do you tell them, well, that is anxiety or not so much. Uh-huh, <laughs> I, you, you definitely yeah. have to, um, I think just doing it as calmly as possible mm-hmm. and not making it sound scary or not making it sound like they've done something wrong. Mm-hmm. I think, um, as soon as they think that they're not normal, that is when it kind of goes downhill. Mm-hmm. And and like I said before, it's just our body's reaction to stress. Mm-hmm. So some of us have those tools in our toolbox to have appropriate reactions when we have um, anxiety and some don't. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's when they have to just learn different strategies, like I said. And sometimes that comes from parents, sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can reach out to other people to learn those strategies. This is maybe putting you on the spot, so. That's okay. <laughs> we can edit this out if we need to. I'm just curious, what do you think about, like, labeling people so early? Yeah. Like, oh, you have anxiety, and then this child knowing, like, oh, I have anxiety. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Well, and you don't have to use the word. You could just say, mm-hmm. oh, you're really worried about that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's okay that you're worried. If you get really worried and this is these are some things that you do, then let's try doing this mm-hmm. so then you get less worried. Like even if you want to use different words with it, mm-hmm. um, being in a high school, we're usually pretty forthright with it. But with little kids, um, I mean, it's just verbiage with mm-hmm. the words that you're using. Yeah. Because you don't want to freak them out, too. You don't want to yeah. cause anxiety right. by talking about anxiety. Uh-huh. So, um, yeah, because everybody's worried. Like, mm-hmm. nobody's, like, super chill all the time. Like, everybody has fears. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that would be kind of a gentler way of mm-hmm. talking about it. Yeah. And I like that you said normalizing it and because it is so true. It's And we kind of talked about that last time with how often is anxiety ta- or worry or afraid talked about in the Bible so many times. Mm-hmm. 
And that's not because it's, you know, only a few people deal with it or it's so uncommon. No, it's because that's a, just part of being a human. Right. That's what we all experience. Right. And God knows that. He created us. He knows our hearts. He know he was a human. He walked around as right. a human. Right. And um, so that's just comforting also to know. Because when you get caught up in the anxiety, it is that I'm all alone or I'm the only mm-hmm. one experiencing this or this is the heaviest thing anyone's gone through. And that's not true either. Right. And I think the older they get, they feel like they're weak mm-hmm. or like there's just such a negative connotation about it. So just normalizing it is just, I don't know, the best way I've come across it mm-hmm. um, so that they know that it's okay. Coming to see me is okay. There's nothing wrong with seeing your school counselor or a social mm-hmm. worker or a therapist. And it just means that they're trying to help you. Mm-hmm. And I think especially going to a therapist or going to counseling, mm-hmm. again, is, well, that's really extreme or I don't really But I think... Just as you think everyone has anxiety, I think everyone should go to counseling. <laughs> it's just true. It's so good to talk to someone yeah. and to say whatever you need to say. Just unburdening yourself in that way is a huge help. Right. And then to just learn some of those strategies or to um, help process. I process things out loud. So it's so helpful for me. Yes. And usually how I talk about it with families because you bring up therapy sometimes and parents and guardians are immediately like, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. But I describe it as you have all of these thoughts that are jumbled in your head Mm -hmm. and you cannot figure out why you don't know what it means. And so it just keeps getting jumbled and it's Mm -hmm. like kind of taking all these files and throwing them in the air and everything's just scattered everywhere. Mm -hmm. That therapist is picking up the files, putting everything back together, and handing it to you, and it's all making sense. Like they're taking the jumble and they're making like a little puzzle out of it mm-hmm. and presenting it to you with coping strategies and with ways to just make sense of the jumble. So, and then usually um, they're at least more willing to have a conversation about it. Mm-hmm. That is such a good way to describe it. I like that. Um, yeah, and super helpful. And again, super normal, especially when you're going through a stressful or your child is going through a transition or a stressful time in life. Right. Um, I think we can all relate to our brains feeling like scrambled eggs is how I mm-hmm. often describe <laughs> my brain. <laughs> and then it's just helpful to, okay, mm-hmm. let's put these pieces together. Let's take some deep breaths. And, right. Yeah, and awesome. it's And it's so important um, if you're a parent or guardian to do it with them. Mm -hmm. Do those strategies with them. I've seen such a big difference with my kids, with my students, between them sitting in my office and doing it by themselves and me creepily watching them to us doing it together. Mm -hmm. Just being like, especially the five, four, three, two, one technique, we're like, okay, what are some five weird things we can find in my office? And I mean, you know, my kids, some of their drawings that they've drawn for me that are hanging <laughs> in my office are a little silly. Little pieces of art <laughs> that. <laughs> so awesome. those are usually ones that they'll pick. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
But it, and it just, it builds the rapport with us and Mm -hmm. just really strengthens that relationship. Um, and as soon as they know that they have tools in their toolbox, Mm -hmm. they have those strategies and then they also have, um, a support system Mm -hmm. and people that care about them. That just makes all the difference in the world. Which again, I think points to how God created us to be in community, to love each other, to need each other. Um, And I think the devil wants us to be isolated and Mm -hmm. to think we're the only ones and to um, not reach out for help when we need it. Right. Um, When really we, as the church, as brothers, sisters in Christ, as our family, like that's what we are here for. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I think I heard, I actually listened to it in a podcast once, of someone (laughs) describing... The opposite of addiction is intimacy. You know, the opposite of of even getting stuck in that anxiety and stuck in that own world is intimacy. And we do, we just need each other. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, Holly, on this podcast, we talk about how little things can make a big difference. And I know you as a school counselor at North Star in Lincoln, do so many little things in a day. This coping strategy of the five senses is like such a simple and a little thing that makes a humongous difference in that student's body, in that student's reaction, in their day, and in their life. And that is pretty incredible. So thank you for making a huge difference in kids' lives. Thank you for sharing those strategies, and um, you may be a little lovely person in this world, (laughs) but God is using you to do a lot of great things, so thank you for coming on our podcast. Thanks for having me. Mm -hmm. This has been a Messiah Lutheran ministry production. Subscribe to Messiah Lutheran on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can also find our worship services and our Sermon Extra podcast by searching Messiah Lincoln on YouTube. Make sure you like and subscribe so you don't miss out on any of our content. If you'd like to know more about Messiah Ministries, visit messiah.us. We'd love to hear from you as well, so please email us at littlethingsatmessiah.us. At